welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. Hi, Esperanza. Hi, Molly. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Me too. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we've had like so many calls today. But anyway, um, super excited for this week's episode. We got to hear from Tara Peterson, who's just like so cool. And I loved hearing from her. Yeah, I really enjoyed hearing from Tara as well. Um, I've always been really interested in microcurrent technology. So it was really cool having her on um, to talk about not only her journey um, in her career, but also microcurrent. Yeah, it was so awesome to hear, um, because I don't know if I mentioned, but she is the co-founder of New Face. And she comes from like, a family of estheticians. Her mother was an esthetician and they developed this technology and built this empire, which is so awesome. Like, it's so cool when like a family builds something like this. And I think it's super sweet how she took so much inspiration from her mother. Totally. Yeah, it was really great hearing about the family story um, and, you know, just hearing about how it's like a family business. I, I really love that. Yeah. Um, I also felt like her and Jody had such great chemistry. Yeah, they're literally <laughs> kindred spirits. It was so perfect. Yeah, cut from the same cloth. <laughs> for real, for real. Well, anyway, I think we should just hop into it because there's so many good things to hear in this episode. Absolutely. All right, let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Where Brains Meet Beauty podcast. I am very, very thrilled to introduce you to our guests today. This is going to be a very fun conversation because our theme here is technology. And I'm thrilled to introduce you to Tara Peterson. She's a microcurrent esthetician and the co-founder and chief creative officer at New Face. Welcome, Tara. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Um, first, I want to say that I'm very inspired by your bold lip, and it's making me want to get back into bold lips, which I haven't been in for a while. You know, this is like a cheater for me. So when I don't want to put like makeup on, I just put a bold lip on, and it just makes you look put together. So I don't really have any makeup on besides mascara and a little brow, and then like no no foundation. So but it, I don't know, it makes you look a little bit more put together when you're like running a million miles an hour in the morning. I had a theme of a magenta lip, you know, I guess this is pre-COVID. So um, I think I'll get back into it. I'm going to jump back in starting tomorrow. So thank you for the inspo. Of course, anytime. So, um, you know, this show is a career journey podcast. And we're going to start with my favorite question, Tara. When you were like 11 years old, 12 years old, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, I remember this. I remember talking to my dad and I wanted to be a waitress or a teacher. And he was like, oh, maybe you want to be a teacher. I was like, okay. Um, And like that lasted, I don't know, a quick five seconds. But as I was growing up, I wanted to be a businesswoman. I wanted to work in a high rise. I wanted to wear a suit every day. I graduated from college in 2000. So it was still that era of like wearing suits and like corporate America was cool. And, And so, yeah, I did it for, I think like four months and I hated every second of it. So I left and haven't looked back. So Tara, I too wanted to wear pantsuits and work in a big office building. And I'm wondering if there was like a TV show or a movie that we watched that like painted this picture of like how exciting life would be in these corporations. 
when you said that, I just had this like vision of Allie McBeal. Was that her name? Like the lawyer? I wonder if that was it. Maybe. The only thing I can think of like definitively is that movie Melanie Griffith Working Girl, but that didn't like make me want to work there. Like it was like kind of awful for her. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Totally. But I was, like, so jazzed to do this whole pantsuit thing, and I um, had an internship at a large global advertising agency during college, and all summer long I wore, like, lime green pantsuits, teal blue pantsuits. I mean, like, like, so ridiculous, but it was, like, everything that I wanted to be doing. You know, I remember the movie. It was Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, where Christina Applegate, like, tricks, like, the corporate office, and she's the executive assistant and is, like, taking, like, the petty cash. Like, but that was, like, a big thing that she was a professional. Well, you have this ultimate entrepreneurial journey story. I mean, it's so incredible. Um, I mean, you invented a product in your garage, right? That's, like the the story. Um, and you started this business when you were 24. Um, so this has been, like, as you said, it's been your master's in business. When you look back all these years to that moment in your garage, you know, what does this journey mean to you? What does it feel like to think about it? Well, you know, New Face is founded by my mom, my sister, and I. And so it really was I always say, like, start a company when you're young and dumb. Like, no matter if you're, you know, like, we're never going to be younger than today, you know? So start today if you want to do it. Uh, But luckily, I was in my early 20s, and I had approached my mom and said, hey, you know, let's do this together. My mom's been an esthetician for now almost 40 years. She's been specializing in microcurrent for, for that long. And so she was really the first one that was like, I need an at-home device that my clients could use in between my professional treatments. And as she was kind of thinking about doing this, I had approached her and I said, hey, let's do this together. I'm going to go to esthetician school. I want to learn the industry inside and out. And, And so it was just very natural in kind of a very organic evolution. Like it wasn't like we were you know, going to do like, like conquer the world overnight like that. It was really meant to create a device that could benefit our clients. And if you're not familiar with microcurrent, I'm sure we're going to go into it, but think about microcurrent, which is the professional treatments that both my mom and I did in the professional treatment room. It truly is fitness for your face. So it stimulated the facial muscles. And what we found is our clients needed more frequent microcurrent as they were getting older. Just think about as we get older, we need to exercise our body muscles, we, you know, to keep them toned and, and tight. And the same concept goes for delicate facial muscles. So as we get older, we need more microcurrent. But the cool thing is, is it benefits clients in their 20s, um, as well as it benefits clients in their 80s. So it's, I always say everyone's, everyone's included, everyone's invited to new face. When your mom was an SD, I guess you were like a teenager and she was an SD. Did your friends even know what an esthetician was? No, I mean, this was, she was a pioneer. I mean, she, I remember her, like I would say to my friends, parents, oh, my mom's clients. And and for whatever reason, like she was like, oh no, don't say that. And I'm not sure if 
she wasn't proud of like what she was doing. Like it's not highlighted and like as glamorous as it is now. And I never asked her about that. So I need to ask her about that. Like why she didn't want me to say clients to my friends, but truly it like, it just, what is what it was. Like my mom was an esthetician and she was always working, you know, she worked mostly out of our home, you know, after she was working at the Golden Door, besides going up to LA. So she would, for 15 years, she went up to LA and treated the most beautiful faces in Hollywood. And so when she was home, she had a studio outside of our home. So she was always there and it was just kind of part of a lifestyle that I didn't know any, any different. So, I mean, from her, you know, telling me to put my SPF on to having clients come over and they knew my whole entire life and they just kind of did their things and, in you know, the room or the studio. And I don't know, it's just part of my life. I mean, when I was in elementary school, she would take me with her to the Paramount Studios or the Hollywood Hills. And we would go up to these big homes and I would sit and watch her lift her clients' faces. And to me, that was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to work with my mom. This is so boring. But I always say like it planted so many seeds that I would have never even dreamt about, you know, going back to my my childhood. So I just feel so blessed that it has been part of my life. And I never aimed to get into the beauty industry. It was just like this aha moment that I had. And I called my mom up and it just, she's like, yeah, okay, let's do it. And we've never looked back. And, you know, I couldn't even imagine what I would be doing today if if we wouldn't have started New Face. So it truly is such a blessing. And my sister's involved in the company too. So it's fun that, you know, we all get to be part of this and we're creating something really beautiful. Well, you gave me this natural segue. After seeing your mom in business and, you know, watching her practice, why did you take a job selling insurance? Right? I mean... And who wants to buy life insurance from a 21-year-old, like on top of it? So Northwestern Mutual went to my college and they were recruiting college students, you know, recent graduates. And, you know, my mom always told me like work off commission because that's where you have no cap. You can make as much money as you want to, you know, like the more you put into it, the more you're going to get out of it. So I always kind of was this like, I don't know, natural born like sales person, even in, you know, as I put myself through college, I was waiting tables and I was always like the top, the top waitress, like in regards to sales. And so I don't know. I mean, definitely don't take a hundred percent commission job right out of college, everybody. <laughs> like Probably a big mistake <laughs> you need. And don't sell life insurance when you're 21, because, you know, what do you know about life insurance? Okay, Tara, I really want to unravel this. This is so fascinating. So you got a job where you only got commission selling a product that's probably, you're not like the most relevant salesperson for at the time. My guess is you probably didn't know that much about insurance either. Were you able to make any sales? Yeah, I mean, I they teach you to go to your your kind of peers, right? And again, all my peers were in their 20s. A lot of them were still waiting tables, still in college. And again, none of them wanted life insurance. And so that was awkward, but I was like, you know, who cares? So I literally tapped all of my friends. None of them bought life insurance. And then what we did learn is ask for referrals. 
So Jody, if I came to you, you were my friend and I was like, okay, well, who do you know, could, you know, could benefit from a service like this? And they would give you a whole script and the, it was great training. And I actually use some of the techniques today. Um, and then you would tell me three friends that would potentially like my services and then I would call them up. And so, I mean, it, it is truly like you, I learned so many life lessons during that four months. And again, three months of it was actually training. Um, so I would never take it back. And it just goes to show you like every stepping stone is such a learning experience along the way. And you can always apply those um, as you move forward. But yeah, I mean, I think I made, and I sold my mom some insurance. So I probably made like three sales. However, I was also, during this time, I was helping out one of the senior like partner um, agents. And he was like, Tara, he's like, I don't know what you do, but everyone that you call makes an appointment with me. And he's like, I don't know what you're doing over the phone, but I've never seen the success rate. And so I don't know. I think it was just kind of in me to be a little bit fearless. You know, my mom always taught me like I can accomplish whatever I set my mind to. So, you know, there wasn't a fear of, of failing ever in my mind and especially in the early ages. So, um, so yeah, that really helped with building new face. Well, you just gave me another segue, so thank you for doing my job for me. Because, of course. Um, okay, so you've had this job, three months of it are training, one month of it is selling to your mom, <laughs> and then you just, you know, you hear your mom saying, I, I need a device that my clients can use at home, and you say, okay, I'll make it. Like, what What was that, like, how did you build a device? What was that process? She, she was making it. So she was working with an engineer, so she had already kind of gone that down that path, and, and two years prior, I remember going over to her house, and she had this black box. It literally was a black box. It had two balls on top of it and it had like sandpaper as the grip around it and she was lifting half of her face and she was like which side did I lift and I was like oh my gosh like look at that lift like that is insane and so that's what started like all of this journey for us and so she was working with an engineer who was by the way, working out of his home and the max amount of devices that he could make per month, Jody, per month was 75 units. So needless to say, I was like, well, what am I going to do with this? 75 units is, is like one sale, you know? And so quickly I realized I have to find a bigger manufacturer. So that's when I took New Face and we redesigned it. We downsized it and I took it to a proper contract manufacturer, um, and then ultimately met our current manufacturer who's been with us for, you know, 14 years now. So I had an amazing jump start. I mean, I think I always say like the hardest, the hardest part of starting a company is just jumping off and actually doing it, you know? And so like, I was able to like jump off, but there was someone there to catch me, which was my mom, who had already kind of laid some of the most critical like foundations uh, for me. But then we were able to to perfect them together. And did your sister decide to join in at the same time? Yep. So we all really came together at the same time. So my mom was still in the treatment room. 
I was in the treatment room now. I was writing the business plan for New Face. And my sister, so this is April of 2005, my sister had just had her first son. And so she wanted to stay home. So she was working as my mom's assistant, calling her clients and confirming appointments. And again, this was pre-text, pre-social media. So um, so we kind of, and it was this gradual just growth. So we, at that point, didn't even have new face as you know it today. We had a big professional microcurrent machine, which we called the microdermal tone. And we sold those to different estheticians, including Renee Rouleau, who, if you're familiar with Renee, she's a celebrity esthetician based out of Austin, and she comes out to LA um, often. Um, so she was one of our, our top estheticians that was using our big professional microcurrent machine. And then, and then um, in 2005, launched our first device. So it definitely was a gradual um, process. So it, it wasn't it wasn't overnight that we had launched New Face. So there's been a couple different phases of New Face, including the first name of our company was Skin Star Inc. Um, and people thought we were in a different type of business. So we decided to change it. And in the early years, did you have a vision or a dream for what this business would become? You know, if you like let yourself fantasize way into the future. I always knew it would be big. Like I remember sitting and thinking of everything that we needed to do, even the, like the standard operating procedures of, you know, when we first created our device, you know, everything was really kind of like winging it. Like there wasn't, it was like, okay, well, this is the output that I want. These are the spheres that I want. I mean, we bought an off-the-shelf like casing and the plastic, and we, you know, drilled holes in it to make room for the spheres. So, but I always knew that it was going to be big, and I always just had really high goals. And even to this day, like I have, you know, we're entering what I call New Face 2.0, but I already have a vision of New Face 3.0. You know, and that's not that's not as a device, but as a company. And what does that look like? So I've always dreamed really, really big. And we're not stopping anytime soon. So there's a lot of innovation coming. Was there ever a time in the business where you're like, this isn't going to work, we're not going to make it? So in 2006, I had the brilliant idea to write the FDA. So 2005, there was two other devices in the marketplace. There was Clarisonic and then Xeno. Clarisonic, as we know, is the cleansing brush. Unfortunately, they're no longer. And Xeno was this device. It was a zit zapper, so it heated up, so it killed the bacteria in the skin. And it was FDA cleared, and they sold it through medical offices. And it just took the industry by storm. And I was really fascinated fascinated by the fact that they actually had FDA clearance. And so I was like, this is really, really interesting. What would this mean for New Face if we got New Face FDA cleared? So I wrote a letter to the FDA. Again, this is like, you know, I don't know, like... Yes, we did have regular phones, barely cell phones. Um, so I wrote a letter to the FDA and said, here's our marketing collateral. Here's what we want to say about New Face. You know, take note, we're already selling New Face in, in, you know, in, in the market. Um, 
I believe that New Face is a class one device. Um, but tell us what category it is, and then we can put FDA cleared or FDA approved on our packaging. It would be a great marketing story. So needless to say, um, six weeks later, I get a letter in the mail, not an email, letter in the mail that says, you are a class two medical device, which requires an FDA application and clearance Stop selling your product in the U.S. immediately until you get clearance. And it was this OS moment. Like, I've really screwed up. And it was doom and gloom. I mean, it was 2006. It was my mom's income, my sister's income, my livelihood. Again, we are doing maybe a couple, you know, maybe a million dollars at this point, probably maybe a couple million dollars, but very, you know, we weren't a big company, but it was our livelihood. This is what we had dedicated a number of years to do. And my mom's like, let's just move to New Zealand. (laughs) And I was like, what's that going to do? So anyways, we just sucked it up and uh, within a network found a FDA regulatory consultant And he and his team took us through the FDA process, um, the application, as well as preparing all of the standard operating procedures, the design files. Um, And so um, six months later, actually in 2017, we received our letter saying New Face is FDA cleared and you can again start selling New Face in the U.S., which was a huge win for us. And it, w- it made New Face the first and only handheld device FDA cleared for facial stimulation. So we were truly one of the pioneers. But that was a moment that I was like, mm, probably not the best decision, but in hindsight, it was the best decision that we've ever made. You've talked to me about this entrepreneurial journey being one of not just business growth, but personal growth. And um, you talked to me about learning how to manage emotions. And this is something that I've spent a lot of time thinking about and learning about for myself. I think my entrepreneurial journey is like the best gift in figuring out who I am, like who I am as a whole person. So I'd love to hear your perspective on what you've learned around managing emotions why it was important for you, you know, what those opportunities to learn were and what you did to learn them. Yeah. So building your own company, of course, has a lot of highs and a lot of lows, right? And so what I learned is to really manage my emotions and really to operate like pretty like even keel, you know, like the highs don't get too high. The lows don't get too low. When the highs, it's like, yes, great. And then I always kind of go into tactical mode of like, okay, we just, you know, got into Sephora doors. Now, like, we need to sustain the excitement, sustain the sales. And like, so it's like, I don't so much celebrate in the moment, which is something that I'm working on. But also the lows don't get so low. I go into like fixing mode. Like, okay, I I can't stress out about it. I need to... I need to focus on solutions. And so for better or for worse, it really is you try to manage your emotions because there is a a lot of highs. There are a lot of lows. And 
I, I feel like when it's in my control, I can manage my emotions. When it's out of my control, that's where like the stress really like takes hold. And that's where I start like, you know, meditating. I start doing yoga more, getting acupuncture, like really focus on breathing because that's when it's like, if I'm in control, like I can manage that stress. But if if it's out of my control, then it really definitely takes more of a hold and I have to figure out some more, you know, other holistic aspects to like manage that, that well-being. But yeah, the words of wisdom there is definitely try to manage like manage the highs and lows and try to be as even keel as you can. I actually, I, I feel like we could be in like a support group with each other. Um, like hearing you talk, it's like <laughs> yeah. what I live through. Um, my, my biggest challenge is that I wouldn't celebrate the wins. I just like zoom through them, right? Like, okay, that great news happened. Okay, blah, 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 blah. And what my body was doing because I used to live mostly in self-doubt, is just like hang into those holes and those bad spots and like not get out of them when I had bad news. So I actually, I want to tell you my technique. I have all these bells in my office, like a lot of bells, and I ring a bell for anything good that happens. It could be, um, you know, someone on my team sending a great email that was hard to write or, you know, getting new business or, you know, anything. I have a bell too. We're like soul sisters. <laughs> I have a bell too. And I do it for employees. And so actually what I want to do is write everybody's name on a bell. And like, so, so like when people, you know how they do snaps, like yeah. ours is ringing a bell. I do snaps sometimes too when I don't have a bell. Yeah. And that's, I think, was like in a sorority thing, right? Instead of copying you snaps. Yeah. Did you ever do that? Um, I was in a sorority for like, I don't know, maybe a month. Um, Yeah, so I needed to teach my body that great things happen every day. And that was the counterweight to the garbagey stuff that would happen with frequency. Um, And maybe that's how my body kind of gets to a like a more even place because I am celebrating the highs. I'm acknowledging the lows, but I'm celebrating so many, so many highs, big and small, that the bad stuff doesn't hurt as much. Yep. Well, and I feel like just even focusing like your mindset, it's like so easy to focus on the negative of like problem solving and why is this happening and what do we need to do? And, you know, perfectly like right before I jump on the call and why I was a couple minutes late is because I was dealing with something and I was like, what is going on here? You know, but then it's like, we have to really like snap ourselves out of that and focus on the positive and then just feed that energy because that energy is what it's going to get us to the next level. It's going to get us what's, ex- you know, like we're going to focus on the exciting things rather than dwelling into this kind of like this negative frequency that's ultimately would just pull us down. So you have to kind of ch- check yourself. Right. It's the negativity doesn't serve us. Like learning from mistakes, learning from problems serves us, but staying in that spot for too long doesn't help us get to our goals. No. For sure. Okay. I need to switch gears because I only have time for one more question for you. And this is a topic that's really like fascinating to me. I feel like growing my business has been a very, very seductive. Like once like in my business, I got like a taste for like reaching a goal that I wanted more and more like my relationship with sugar. So um, I'm curious in building this business, like um, do you find it seductive And um, how can that be sometimes good or sometimes challenging? It's so funny that you describe it as seductive because I totally get what you're saying. It's kind of this game, if you will. Like, for instance, like, 
I love the sales aspect of New Face. Like I've always like getting a big account and they're placing a big order, you know, like I just got an order for, you know, $500,000 and it's like, that's a lot of money. Like that's a lot of money. And so it's kind of like how big is big, you know? So, and it's, there is this addictive aspect to sales. And I think that that's why they say sales is like, those people are like another breed because they like really feed off of it. And it's like, it's, it truly is this high that you like yearn for. So I completely get what you're saying. And I agree, like it is completely seductive. And I'm sure it has to do with like some brain functions of what like the sales process and that winning does to you. I'm sure there's like a correlation to like, even like sex, you know, like, that like euphoric feeling. Well, okay, we're going to have to transition. And now we get to move to our final stage of our show today, which is fan questions that we collected from fans on Instagram. We might only have time to get one or two of them in. So let me give you the first question. This one asks, what are the benefits of being able to use a microcurrent device at home? So think about microcurrent as fitness for your face. So microcurrent technically is a low-level current, just like the name implies micro and then current. So it's a low-level electrical current that goes in and stimulates the facial muscles. Again, that's the fitness for your face. It also in turn will increase cellular activity like ATP, which in turn can increase collagen elastin. And so what it does aesthetically for you is it's going to lift and tone the face. It's going to contour the jawline. It's going to pop the cheekbones. It's going to lift the eyebrows. It's going to increase circulation so it reduces lines and wrinkles. And so it's a great preventative treatment for our clients in their 20s and 30s. And then it's also a great corrective treatment for those of us in our 40s, 50s, 60s, and above. So big believer of microcurrent in every skincare routine, no matter where you are in in the process. Okay, Tara, the last question for the day. You can't choose the device as the answer to this one. So if there's one, (laughs) if there's one, how about we say topical skincare product you can't live without? What is it? Um, Right now, it's, which I love, is the P50, the Bailarish Recherche, the P50. When I use it, my skin is glowing. I also see like a difference in my 11s and just in forehead, just glowing skin. Um, So I'm obsessed with that. Okay, I'm going to ring the bell for you pronouncing the name of that business. Um, Wait, it's a tough one. The only reason why I know how to pronounce it is because I'm really good friends with their GM and I've done a number of lives. In my first live, I literally was in bed like like practicing it. And my husband's like, what are you doing? I was like, I need to learn. And I don't speak French. And so anyways, yes. Well, she's been on our show, as has your new CEO, Jessica Hansen. So she was a guest many years ago as well. So I love this coming full circle. Yeah. I mean, you've got some good gals on this show, Jody. So bravo to you and everything that you've created. Thank you. Well, thank you for being here. And I also want to say thank you so much for your wisdom, Tara. We're going to close out the podcast recording. So for our listeners, I hope you enjoyed this interview with Tara. Please subscribe to our series on your favorite podcast app. And for updates about the show, follow us on Instagram at Where Brains Meet Beauty Podcast. Thanks for listening to Where Brains Meet Beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.